Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Good morning, everyone. I hope you don't mind grabbing a bit of water. It's so good to see you all here as we... Mm. Ah, that was good. The worship was so good, I needed a, a sip of water. <laughs> So I was saying it's so good to see you all here this morning as we get close to the end of the year. And it's also good to see our children with us here this, this morning with the activities. And, and this morning I'm going to be speaking about something which um, I think our kids, and, and not so much the younger ones, but more the older ones, um, kind of find themselves every day engrossed in, and that's social media. But, um, so I want to ask all the young people... Uh, this morning to, to pay attention and um, just to nudge your parents when, when you go like, I told you. <laughs> um, so what series have we been on? What Jesus did. And, and what has been our, our anchor scripture? Not Laney. <laughs> there we go. Romans chapter 13 verse 14, which says, Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Um, can we pray? Father, we thank you that this morning, Lord, I, I stand here knowing that it is all about you, Lord. That it's nothing about me. It's nothing about my abilities. It's nothing about what I say, but it's all about you. And I ask, Father, that, that I will be hidden behind the cross of Jesus, Father, and that your name will be glorified this morning. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that um, you have been in every single detail of this morning's meetings, Father. And I, and I know, Lord Jesus, as we... As we begin to unpack a little bit about uh, forgiveness, Lord, I know that you're going to come and that you're going to do what you have purposed for us this morning, Lord. We love you so much, Lord. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said, today I'm going to be speaking a little bit about forgiveness. And um, as you will see on my first screen, um, there's a little, little asterisk or whatever they call that, which is called a hashtag. Does everybody know what a hashtag is? That thing over there, okay. So um, for those of you who don't know, I'm a, a communications manager at, at an organization, and um, we recently launched a campaign. So in order to make these campaigns more appealing to people, what do you think we do? We hashtag it, people. We hashtag it. Because it just seems like when you hashtag something, it makes it more appealing to people, because that's what the young people are doing these days. So we hashtag that thing, and then you know what else we do? We throw punctuation and grammar out the window. We put all the words together. So we recently launched a campaign called Not Just Another Woman's Initiative at Work. And you know what? We put all those words together, we hashtag it, and you know what? People seem to like it. So I think social media is something that, or hashtags is something that, that has grown in popularity uh, in society. So um, can anyone tell me where did hashtags start from? Twitter. <laughs> Twitter, that's right. Thanks, Duan. It's, it started from Twitter. And um, just, for, just for, for those that are feeling a little bit confused as to what actually a hashtag is, I thought I'd define it for you a little bit. So if we can put it up on the screen, on the, screen the hashtag is a way to denote a topic uh, of conversation, a way to participate in a lot of discussion. So like I said, if you put a hashtag next to it, there's, there's conversation that happens um, around that specific topic. So what do you think has been one of the most popular hashtags 
in society these days? Trump. Okay, anything else? Zuma must fall. <laughs> Actually, the most popular hashtag is this, love. Very interesting, hey? And don't you find that that is such a contradiction? Because when you look around, all you see is not love. If we look at society today, can I suggest that there's not a lot of love going around? You know, I've been going through um, the Gospels, and it's so amazing because it's, it actually talks about Jesus and what he did when he came to the earth. And I came across Matthew 24, verse 6, where Jesus says there will be wars and rumors of wars. He says nations will rise up against nations, and kingdoms will rise up against kingdoms. Don't we see that this week? This week we've seen how nations have risen up against nations, how kingdoms have risen up against kingdoms. And, uh, you know, I, I look at this, and, I'm, and I, I could only pray when you, when you hear of what's happening in, in Israel and Palestine and how they, <laughs> they're fighting. And I said, Lord, have mercy on us. And, and for me, really, um, we speak about love, but I think that's a far-reaching far goal for many of us in society today. And I think one of the things that we need in order to achieve this love is forgiveness. I think forgiveness is a key to get us to a place where we can love the way Jesus loved. Hey, don't you think so? Mm. So Duan mentioned earlier that, that Twitter is the place where hashtags started from. So please, um, I promise that this is actually a preach, but I want to take you through something which, um, which is quite interesting. It's called the five stages of Twitter. And, and, and parents, please don't tune out. I promise you, you're going to thank me afterwards. Okay, so the first stage of Twitter is denial. So you, 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 you're like, what is this Twitter all, I mean, this Twitter thing all about? Hey, you're like, what is this thing? I, I don't want to get involved in this thing. You, you, you kind of, no, this is not for me. And then you call your 10-year-old son and you're like, boy, what, what's this here? Come and show me. And normally they just immediately get onto that. And then the next one is presence. So you go, mm, I think I'll, I'll create a, an account. And then normally this is the picture that you find. And this is, this is for our parents. I couldn't find, I was looking for glasses, reading glasses. I couldn't find, find them this morning. So I got some 3D glasses. But this is what happens when it comes to presence. You normally find that it's just, just on the tip of the nose with the phone there. And it's right. So how do we create this thing? What's this thing about? Does that picture seem a bit familiar? <laughs> Too accurate. <laughs> and then the next thing that happens is presence. Oh, so it's dumping. So here's where you start just throwing everything in there. You throw everything in there, and eventually you're like, what is this Twitter thing about? Let me go back to Facebook. doesn't work for me. <laughs> the next stage of... Um, Twitter, and, and, I, and I must say, this can apply to any um, social media platform that people get involved in. But, but now, your, your, your timeline seems to be on point. You're retweeting stuff. You're DMing your people. Can I, can I have a show of hands of who I've lost already? <laughs> I think I've lost the majority of you. Don't worry. I also get lost in these sorts of stuff. But this is where you start 
you start thinking, I've got one or two followers, I'm getting a hang of this thing. It's, it's actually not as hard and as bad as I thought it was. And the final stage is where you start, where you start becoming an influencer. This is where, where you really start having conversations that people enjoy. And you find you go from one or two followers to about a, a thousand followers. There's people out there that have millions of followers because they just con considered to be such influencers in society. So can I suggest this morning that, um, that this five stages of Twitter, and I want to link it to forgiveness. So, you know, many times, and, and I know that there's people that are, that are here this, this morning that have been hurt and have been offended, and things that happened to you that have really, really, really gone deep down, and you've, begin, you've begun to create in your heart certain grudges, and you've begun to look at things differently because people have really hurt you. And what often happens when, when something like this happens? You go, my goodness, did Reuben just say that about me? I can't believe it. I can't believe that this individual that we've brought into our home has done this to my child. I can't believe that my husband has done this to me. And we go into a space of, of, of denial where, where it is so difficult to believe that this actually happened to us. And you know, friends, when I was going through this, the second stage is really of presence. And I was looking at this word presence. Um, I looked a couple of synonyms for presence, and one of it was manifestation. And here, this is where mistrust, hatred, anger, and grudges begin to find a safe landing place in our heart. Like I said, I know that there's many people sitting here this morning that have, that have been hurt. And I want to say that the hurt is real. But I also want to say that we have the cross of Jesus that we can look to. We can only look to Jesus. We can only look at his cross. Because that's where forgiveness is found. And friends, the funny thing about a grudge is that it can be one of life's guilty pleasures. And here I'm really speaking to myself. You know, a couple of weeks ago, Lainey preached and she had a chocolate and she said after, if you want to come for a piece of chocolate, please come. And uh, you know, I, I think uh, many of us were tempted to go, but we're like, no, we've got a, we're on a diet, on a strict eating plan. And I think many times, um, unforgiveness and grudges is similar to that. We know we shouldn't go for that piece of chocolate, but yet we do. We know that when we have that piece of chocolate, it just tastes so good. Same thing with the grudge. You know that you should let it go. You know that you should let go of unforgiveness, but yet it just, it just does something to you. It's, just, it just, it's almost like your guilty pleasure. And then you get to the, to the next part where you actually start daydreaming about what you're going to do to that person. You're like, yes, I can't believe Ruben did that. Well, I know that he drives around that way and when you get to that stop street and, and your mind starts just going about the things that you could do to that individual. But friends, this morning, one of the, the truest things about a grudge or unforgiveness is that the longer you hold on to it, the longer it holds and has a grip on you. The longer we hold on to it, the longer it has a grip on us. Please hear me, I, and I've said this before. I'm not saying that what, 
you have experience in what you've gone through has not been tough, has not been painful, and has not hurt. But if we look there, at the cross of Jesus, that is where we need to look at. The cross of Jesus is where forgiveness is found, is where peace is found, is where freedom is found. And then the next stage is dumping, and this is where we start finding like-minded people sympathetic to our cause. Did you know that he did that to me? Oh, really? He did that to me as well. And then we start dumping. Instead of us saying, stepping back and saying, let's look at the cross of Jesus, we look to man and say, hey, this happened to me. And we start dumping on the wrong, on the wrong people. And I want to pause right here and we'll get back to, remember I said there's five stages? We'll get back to these stages. But I want to, I really want us to look at the crucifixion of Jesus. You know, as I was, as I was preparing for this morning, um, you know when you watch a movie, you often see the cross of Jesus at such a distance. You know, it's so high. And people often looking up at Jesus. But do you know that research, recent research has suggested that the, that the cross actually wasn't as high as we thought. It probably was between six to seven feet. And you know why that was the case? You see, the Roman Empire, they wanted to illustrate and show that this punishment is a gruesome punishment. They wanted to make it personal to people. They wanted when you actually walk past it to, to, have a, to stare it in the face and look at it and, and go, wow, this could be me if I ever did something. So they wanted, the Roman Empire wanted this thing, they wanted to send a strong message out there that, if you were ever caught doing something, you could land in, you could be this person um, hanging on the cross. But get this, the Roman Empire wasn't the only one sending a strong message that day. The far greater kingdom was sending a far greater message with far greater significance to the entire world, saying, come close, come personal to me, and this is where you find forgiveness of sins. Friends, we are so blessed that we know that what the Roman Empire meant to be something that was so horrific, we know that Jesus and God meant it for us to come before Him, to be personal. You see, forgiveness is something that is personal because Jesus died for each and every one of us. You know, I was, I was, I was praying, and as I, was, as I was thinking and preparing for, for this morning, I was praying, and I said, Father, you know, give me something different about, you know, forgiveness. And, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, there is nothing. It's all about that. It's all about Jesus dying so that we might have forgiveness of sins. If we look, uh, when I started this morning, I had the hashtag forgiveness, and there was a scripture below that or beneath that. It was 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. And if you can please turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. It says, for our sakes, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. So Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin, so that we that are sitting here this morning might be the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Many years ago, and I think I've got a, a picture, if we can go up to the picture of a, of a gentleman called Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. 
and you will probably know him from his work, um, which is um, Sherlock Holmes. He decided to play a prank on 12 of his best friends. He sent them each a note and said, flee at once, all is discovered. Send them a note, and guess what? Within 24 hours, all of them had left the country. Talk about a guilty conscience, eh? <laughs> but friends, this just, it's just a, an illustration that we are all sinful. We all have this guilty conscience. We struggle. We have a guilty conscience. But it is only through that cross that we can find freedom, that we can find forgiveness for our sins. Please turn with me to Romans chapter 12. And we'll be reading from verse 17 to 21. And I've got it on the screen for those that would like to follow us. And it says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible... So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. You know, it's so amazing that that word peaceably, that, that, that word peaceably doesn't necessarily mean partnership. You know, it is so liberating and so refreshing to know that sometimes if we, we go through life and, and, and things happen, we don't necessarily need to have um, partnership with people, but we can walk with peace knowing that God has released what we've been harboring in our hearts against those individuals. Verse 19 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Sure, that's difficult, eh? Especially when we've been hurt. Give them something to drink. Give them something to eat. For, so, for by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So I want to take the scripture and I want to um, go through four points relating to the scripture. The first point is embrace God's forgiveness for you. You see, friends, many times we... we we know we should forgive, and we do forgive, but it becomes a bit, of, a bit of a challenge when we need to forgive ourselves for things that we've done wrong in our lives. And again, there's nothing, you know, the thing about God is that you, there's nothing that we can do. And again, I want to point to you, it is all about accepting what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That's where we find freedom. We need to understand, guys, you know, this thing for me has become such a conviction that we don't, you know, we condemn ourselves. Many times we do stuff and we condemn ourselves. It's like, uh, like the 12 friends, you know. They, 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 they ran. They didn't even know if they did something, but they, they ran because they, inside of us we, we're sinful. But we know that we can go to Christ and say, God, forgive me. And just like that, He forgives us. You know, many times we think we need to do this and this. and No. A moment we say, Lord, forgive me. He forgives us. So the first thing is that we need to embrace forgiveness for ourselves. 
The second one, which is, which is quite interesting, is we need to stop fishing. You know, this morning, um, my namesake, Ruben, came and read a scripture. And, um, you know, in life, we, we go through different seasons in life, and, and, and we have certain scriptures that we hold on to, that God has given us that we hold on to. And, you know, this year for our home group, in fact, maybe for about a year and a half, we've been, we've been Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you. And for me personally, I've, I have a scripture that God has given me that has not been my seasonal scripture. It actually has been my life scripture. You know, the moment I understood this verse, and I, I really want to encourage you this morning to underline that verse, because if he read it this morning, I believe God wants to say something to us this morning. And this has been the scripture that has taken me. Man, the scripture has carried me. When, when, when I was going through this whole thing of unforgiveness, this, the God illuminated the scripture for me, and it just became life to me. So let's go to Isaiah 43 verse 25. And if you do have a highlighter, please, please highlight the scripture. Isaiah 43 verse 25. And it says, I, comma, I am. He says it twice. And in different, in different translations, it goes, it says, I, even I. And this is, you know, when God says something twice, it's because he actually does mean it. He says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and will not remember your sins. That's powerful, friends. That God forgives our sins, he goes a step further and says, I will not remember it. But what do we do? We go fishing. Ah, oh, I remember when I did that. Oh. God says that he, he forgives your sins and he remembers it no more. Why? You know, we need to, and this is something that I struggle with, we need to get to a point where we say, God, forgive me. And we move on. We don't kill ourselves. We don't condemn ourselves because God in His infinite mercy sent His Son Jesus to die for us so that we can have freedom. The third point. Count on God to balance the books. We see in verse 19, it says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, it is mine. The question I have for you today is, whose job is it, according to the scripture, to avenge you? God's. So why do we take his, on his job and try and do it ourselves? He's the one that balances the books. What we need to do is we need to be praying for those people that hurt us. We must say, God, have, have your mercy on them. And finally, um, the fourth point I want to make this, this morning is overcome evil with good. So a couple of years ago, I, I was working for this agency. And um, as part of the incentive, they, they sent us to the UK for, for a trip. And um, I was very excited. You know, first time, got my passport, visas, everything sorted. Went to the UK, and it was the, it was the World Cup. So the UK was buzzing. It was happening. We arrived um, at the airport, and we actually went straight to the office because, you know, back in the day, they were like, 
go to the office, don't go and rest. So we, we went um, straight to the office, and then we went home, rest a bit, and then we went out in the streets, and then we got to, this, to the shop or the store um, in, the middle of Lung, in the middle of London, and it is one of the biggest kind of sports memorabilia stores in the UK. And um, I went in there, they were selling um, English jerseys, and because um, it was specially made for the World Cup. And I was like, I need one of these. So I bought it. I don't know why I bought the English shop, but I bought it because <laughs> I'm South African or Mozambican or half South African, half Mozambican. But anyway, I went for an English top. And um, I loved that shirt. I was actually looking at a picture the other day of, of, of my wife and I. We were in Mozambique, and I was wearing it. And I really enjoyed it. And during this time, um, we were at another church, and uh, one of the guys at the church, he really offended me. He seriously offended me. And it was difficult. It was, it was a difficult process. And, and I heard this, this message about forgiveness. And I was like, you know what, God? I'm going to forgive him. I'm going to forgive him for what he did to me. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I hear you. You're forgiving him. But I want you to do good for him. I want you to give your English talk to him. And I was like, no, no. I just, no, I didn't hear right. That's just, I love this, I love this shirt. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I want you to give him this talk. And thank God I was obedient. The next day I came and I said, you know what, my friend, this is for you. He was so excited and he, he really, he really, um, I think he really enjoyed that. And, you know, we moved on in life. We moved on in a couple of years later down the line. He, he calls me, and I'm like, this guy's calling me. And he's like, hi, Ruben, how are you? I'm like, I'm, I'm good. How are you? What's wrong? And he says, no, nothing's wrong. I just want to call you to tell you that I miss you. A couple of years later, he just calls me to say, I'm just calling you to tell you that I miss you. And, and it's like the Holy Spirit reminds me that when we forgive, we don't only forgive, we do good. We do good to those that have hurt us. And it is Difficult because the scars are real. It is so difficult. But can you just imagine how difficult that was? How difficult it was for Jesus to hang on that cross for us. And friends, this morning I really felt that God is, is challenging one or two of us this morning to do good to those that have done something to us that has, that has not been good. And I want to encourage you even though it's hard and it's difficult, you will find such a release the moment you do something like that. And you can walk in such freedom the moment you do that. And I believe there's people here this morning that God is challenging you to do that. So I want to go back to, remember at the, at the beginning I spoke about those five phases and I, I left out two of those phases, which is conversing and influence. And you know, this morning, as I, I was, as I was going through my notes again, it's God is so amazing, you know, and how He works. At the prayer meeting this morning, twice Psalm 51 was brought up. Stoffel again, Psalm 51, and different aspects of Psalm 51. But we all know David. We all know what he did. And I, I think there's many of us that have not gotten to that point where we've done the things he did. But we also know that he was called a friend after God's own heart. He was, he was called after God's own heart. 
And we see in Psalm 51, verse 13, where David says, Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. And you know, friends, the moment we get to that point where we find forgiveness for ourselves and we can forgive others, that's when God restores back the joy of His salvation in us. And that's where we can tell people about Jesus. That's where we can start being influencers for Christ because He has done that on our behalf. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? I was wondering if we can just all bow our heads. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that this morning you have been with us, Lord. Lord, I know that you have challenged us this morning. That you, from the beginning of this morning's gathering, Lord, you have been here, Lord, and you've been just weaving, you've been weaving, the Holy Spirit has just been weaving its way through this entire service, Lord Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that as your children, we can sit here knowing that, first of all, we find freedom in the cross of Jesus, that we find forgiveness for ourselves in the cross of Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, that we stand here, Lord, or we sit here this morning knowing that our sins have been forgiven, Lord. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would make that a reality for every person here this morning, Lord. That they would know that they know that they know that they have been forgiven, Lord Jesus. And for those, Lord, that might be struggling this morning to forgive others, Lord. For those, Lord, that have been hurt where there's deep scars, Lord. Father, I ask you, Please, Lord, that you would restore back, Father God, joy, that you would restore back a hunger to forgive, Lord. Because I think, Father God, sometimes it's, it's not something that we do easily, Lord, but we have to almost, almost force ourselves, Lord. And, and the moment we take a step, Lord, you come and you back that thing, Lord Jesus. And I ask, Holy Father, this morning, that your children would begin to walk in forgiveness, Lord, that they would forgive others, Lord, and that and that even as hard as it is, Father, for us to do good for those that have done us wrong, Lord, I pray, Lord, that as we step out, as we go out this week, Lord, that we will find ways, Father, even though it's difficult, Lord, to do it. And as we do it, Lord, I pray that you would just break, Father God, that you would just take this heart of stone and that you would just bring back hearts of flesh, Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love us so intimately, Father, so, Lord, we, we, we can't, Lord, we look at the cross of Jesus and we see how personal it is, Lord. It's been something so personal to each one of us, Lord. And that this morning, Lord, even as we go through the remainder of this year, Lord, you know, we, we always say we're waiting for the new year for a new resolution. No, Father, we pray that as we step right now, Lord, that we would make that decision to forgive and to walk in love. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for you're an amazing God that loves us incredibly, Father. And we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.